Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 112. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever wanted to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? Just record an MP3, send it to my team here at Entrepreneur on Fire, and we do the rest. It's really that simple. Visit podplatform.com, that's podplatform.com to find out more. And now let's give it up for our five-star reviews. Doug, Ajas11, Maine Zeke, Steph Shaver, Nick12121, Susie Q917, and Luke Pamet. Thank you for supporting Entrepreneur on Fire, and I look forward to thanking everybody who does the same. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Lewis Howes. Lewis, are you prepared to ignite? I'm ready. All right. Lewis is a former two-sport All-American and currently world record-holding athlete, has graced lists such as Details, Magazines, Five Internet Gurus Who Can Make You Rich, and IncomeDiary.com's 50 Most Influential People in Blogging. Most recently, Lewis was ranked as one of GenJuice.com's top 100 most desirable mentors, along with the likes of Barack Obama, Russell Simmons, and the Queen of Jordan. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Lewis, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, where you're from, and then take another minute, tell us about your business. I'm from uh, originally a small town in, called Delaware, Ohio, uh, just north of Columbus. And uh, my entire life, I used to have a big dream. And the dream was to be a professional athlete. And I used to always watch uh, you know, football and basketball on TV with my dad, and I would always see these athletes uh, who were all Americans and all pro and winning the Super Bowl and NBA championships. And I thought, you know, that's what I wanted to be when I grow up. And uh, fortunately, I had the opportunity to to play a few sports in college, was a two-sport All-American, had a chance to play professional football for a little bit. And uh, unfortunately, I did get injured in my rookie season. So I only got to play one year, had to retire after that. And then from there, kind of I fell into the online marketing world and kind of building businesses online. And it all stemmed kind of from that accidental injury. Well, awesome. I'm really looking forward to delving into that later into the interview. But before we do, let's start off with the success quote. Let's get the motivational ball rolling. Let's get Fire Nation pumped up for this content you're going to share with us, Lewis. What do you have for us today? So the great uh, coach Vince Lombardi said that winning is a habit Unfortunately, so is losing. So I think uh, in order, if you want to have a successful business or if you want to win in anything, you've got to build the right habits to, to make sure that you win on a consistent basis. You don't want to just win once in a while. You want to win every day. I love that quote for so many reasons. I'm an athlete myself, so that just really strikes home on that side of the field. But Lewis, how do you actually apply that quote to your everyday business or mentality? You know, it's interesting because I meet a lot of individuals, a lot of successful people, and then a lot of people who are struggling to get to where they want to be. And there's there's basically one simple thing that the people who are extremely successful or on the right path have that the other people 
who are kind of um, struggling do not have. And it's all comes with the mindset and habits. People think a certain way and they do certain things. They make sacrifices that others are, aren't willing to do. And for with me, I'm constantly making sacrifices that maybe aren't sexy or that aren't uh, what my friends do or my family does. And uh, I get criticized sometimes for, for certain choices that I make or for certain things that I do that aren't popular, that aren't fun or that aren't normal. And I think uh, if you have these big goals, if, you, if you're a driven person, then you're going to have to make sacrifices that aren't popular to, to kind of have these winning habits and, and get what you want in business as well. Very cool, Lewis. And let's use that as a lead-in to our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges or obstacles that every entrepreneur faces throughout their journey. Because being an entrepreneur is about the journey, and we all face these challenges and failures every single day. Can you take us back to a time in your journey when you failed or when you just faced an insurmountable obstacle? And then take us through how you actually did overcome that obstacle or that failure. I'm actually going to take a personal story really quick as opposed to talking about business or Great. sports because it's most fresh in my mind. So hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully this hits home with people. I, just, uh, I was just in a relationship actually for about eight months with an amazing girl, a uh, girl I still love a lot. But for a lot of reasons, it wasn't uh, the right timing, it wasn't working out, and we weren't communicating the right way to each other. Now, I felt like I went all in in the relationship. I felt like I put my heart into it. I, I did the right things. I did everything I could. I made a ton of sacrifices in my business and my life to like show that I was uh, committed to the relationship, et cetera, et cetera, to try to make it work. And it didn't work. We ended up not being together. And uh, I remember being extremely frustrated, extremely resentful, extremely mad at myself or mad at the relationship, mad at her, all sorts of things and feeling like I failed big time. Like I went all in, I did everything I could and yet, you know, it didn't work for a number of reasons, which I don't need to get into. And <clears throat> however, once I started to realize, um, after we kind of, we're like, we're great friends now, it's all good now. But after, after the fact, I remember thinking, you know what? I really wish I didn't have to go through this experience because it's just been miserable. It's been not a lot of fun. It hasn't been um, you know, helpful. We've been just fighting. I started to realize that the things I was learning throughout the last you know, eight months with this relationship, I was starting to apply them to other things in my life. I had built up an amazing amount of patience with people uh, from going through this relationship, which I didn't have before and I thought I had. I, I really started to listen to people on a much deeper level and have a much greater understanding from where they're coming from as opposed to just my opinion. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot of other great things along the way. And I feel like, you know, it ha that failure was something I definitely needed to grow as a person in business, in everything, in order to just communicate better and connect with people on a deeper level. So kind of going through that experience was really helpful and uh, again, for a while, it was extremely painful to fail and to fail for that long in the relationship. But uh, I really started to change the uh, kind of the mindset and think, you know, it wasn't really a failure. It was a great experience and a great learning opportunity to grow. Lewis, that is a very powerful story of failure. Thank you for sharing that with us because I know it is painful to talk about, but it's just so great that you can look back at it and really pull these lessons that you've pulled from it and apply it to future business opportunities or future relationships when, they, when that comes. And 
I just know for a fact that so many people in Fire Nation are going to be able to resonate so well with that because so many times we do get a business failure and a lot of listeners aren't yet entrepreneurs. They're not yet businessmen. So maybe they can't relate with that, but everybody's been through a failed relationship <laughs> and everybody can relate with that. I, I mean, I can relate with that so well on so many levels. I mean, when you spoke of patience, I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what was the situation. My last relationship, I had no patience and right. it taught me patience. And wow, that is such a virtue. Lewis, let's use that and move into the next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum. You were so generous sharing that failure with us. Let's go over now to the other end, which is an aha moment. As mm. entrepreneurs, we have little aha moments every single day that just inspire us. They propel our business in different directions. They help us get over little humps. At some point in your journey, though, I know you, you've had an amazing aha moment. Can you share that with us and then how you turn that moment into success? Yeah. So for, you know, once I got I uh, had this injury playing football and I had to retire. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life next. I was sleeping on my sister's couch for the next year and I was recovering from the surgery that I had uh, from football. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do next with my life? I was kind of down in the dumps. I didn't have any money. I didn't want to get a real job because I kind of lived this lifestyle where I get to wake up around nine. I get to go do about three to four hours of you know training and football and practice and watching game film, and then I'm done by one uh, or two o'clock for the rest of the day to kind of just hang out. For me, I wanted to experience doing something that I love doing and be able to work around my lifestyle um, in order to generate an income. So I didn't want to work a job, and I, and I didn't know how to make money on my own. So I was kind of stuck. I was trying to figure out how to do this, and it took me about a year and a half of constantly, I was doing a lot of research online, I was following people, I had mentors, I had coaches, I was trying different things to, to create stuff online, to do offline events, I was writing books, I was doing all sorts of different things to try to make money. I started to make a little bit of money, but I was really working extremely hard. I was hustling around the country, hosting these live events, started charging for them, selling sponsorships, selling books, but it was really a grind and I wasn't fulfilled from this. Now, it wasn't until about, again, a year and a half, probably two years in, uh, a friend of mine, Joel Kahn, asked me to jump on a webinar that he was hosting. And he asked me to talk about some of my LinkedIn marketing kind of advice and tips and best practices. And I had never been on a webinar. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I just knew that I had to create some type of presentation and I had to have a product at the end that I could sell. And uh, I was pretty nervous. I was extremely scared. I remember getting on the webinar. There were about 600 people on live. I had to take my shirt off because I was just dripping sweat throughout <laughs> my entire shirt. And uh, I, was, I was in the house alone, fortunately, so no one saw me. But I remember just being so nervous because I wasn't really comfortable speaking in front of people yet. And I'm being so nervous. And um, <clears throat> at the, long story short, at the end of the webinar, uh, I closed down the webinar you know, again, I was extremely nervous of the, what the feedback would be and what people would say about my information. And, and uh, I opened up my email account, and it was the most beautiful site I'd ever seen in my life. I opened up the account, and you know, you have like fifty different. Uh, for me, I have like fifty. I think I have like fifty different lines of emails that are coming through, yeah. and all fifty of them said, "You've received payment from PayPal," and I was like floored to see that I could make this much money in an hour's time and have my entire email filled with, with incoming money from over 50 different people. 
And uh, in that in that hour, we we generated six or three hundred dollars in sales. Wow! And, uh, I was it was the most money I'd ever made in an hour and in probably three months time, and um, and I just did everything in one hour as opposed to hustling and running around the country and you know trying to do all these different things. So it was that experience, that aha moment for me was knowing that I could leverage my time and my information. And, and get it out to a mass audience through webinars as opposed to hustling and one-on-one selling and doing one-on-one consulting and things like that. So that was really the aha moment for me. That is so exciting because there's so many Fire Nation listeners right now who are just on the precipice. They have a great product or they have a great service and they just want to find different ways to get it out there. And if you would, let's do this. Let's really give them a hard and fast example. I launched Entrepreneur on Fire we're now getting over 100,000 unique downloads every single month from over 100 countries. Just a lot of fun, having a lot of success. And I just keep getting all of these emails every day saying, John, love what you're doing. How can I start my podcast? How can I become an authority figure? And so it just clicked and I worked really closely with Ryan Lee and we developed a product called podplatform.com where what you do is you just send us my team, your MP3, and we do all the rest. We turn that into a complete live podcast on all the directories. If people were to come to you with a product like this and say, what steps should I take to get this into a webinar experience? What would you recommend? What steps would you suggest? Uh, I think first you have to uh, figure out where you're going to be promoting it to. So if you already have an audience, that's great. But if you don't have an audience, like a lot of people, then you need to figure out, okay, how can I build an audience fast? whether that's uh, finding people who have the audience and doing a JV webinar with them. So like I did with Joel Kahn, he had the audience. He got 600 people on live and um, we did $6,300 in sales. He got 50% of the commission. So if you can find people that have a podcasting audience or an audience that wants to be podcasters, then ask them to do a webinar with them and you'll give them 50% of the commission. Um, The next thing you could do is just make sure you figure out your pricing model. So you don't want to charge, you know, ten thousand dollars for this something like this. But potentially, if it's just going to be a digital video training course, you need to figure out what your audience is willing to pay, and uh, make sure you kind of position it correctly in the marketplace. So that's kind of the first couple of steps. Uh, then from there, you want to make sure you create an amazing webinar outline and webinar kind of plan of attack on how you're going to over-deliver content so that people are blown away and that they can go and take the information you've given them and do it themselves. But at the same time, you're giving them a service that's going to relieve a lot of stress, a lot of pain, a lot of time for them. So you want to give them the system, actually. You want to give away your best stuff. But at the same time, a lot of people are going to be like, you know what, I don't have the time to, to spend two hours editing my audio and then spend another two hours uploading it to 50 different iPad, uh, you know, iTunes and directories, uh, right. yeah, directories and podcasting sites. I don't have the time for this. So spending uh, 100 bucks or 500 bucks or $100 a month or whatever it is to do this is well worth it for me to, get, to have the opportunity to get 100,000 people downloading my information every month the way John has done it. So um, <clears throat> creating that information that's going to show them how much time and energy they're going to save and how much of an opportunity they can gain gain from the experience. That's just some great advice. And Lewis, you're obviously cutting edge in this area. What kind of resources or tools do you like to use best for webinars? So for live webinars, I always use um, gotowebinar.com, which is an amazing platform. It allows you to hold up to 1,000 people live on a call. And uh, they've got some cool, you know, different 
tools and resources you can use within the platform for automated webinars. So I like to do a lot of, we like to record webinars and then have them playing automated, especially during a product launch when we can't have, you know, 10 webinars running live. We use a software called stealthseminar.com and uh, it's a great software again as well. Uh, very easy to use once you kind of figure out how to get it set up. And um, that's what I recommend. I use Keynote for the presentation slides and uh, kind of keep it as simple as possible. I'm not very technical savvy uh, myself, so I like to keep things as simple as possible. Awesome. I'm a big fan of that. I love that acronym KISS, Keep It Simple Stupid. I was in the military for eight years as an officer. I just really know the value of keeping it simple, so I'm right behind you, Lewis. On that note, you've shared with us some great stories, some failures, some aha moments, what's working for you now. Have you had an I've made it moment? I feel like I've had a few of those. One of them was when I was, when I was recovering from this surgery after football, uh, I was in a full arm cast for six months. And I, it, it was over Christmas time. I was still in this cast back in 2000, 2007 going into 2008. And I remember I was just, you know, sleeping on my sister's couch. I was pretty bummed, still depressed that I wasn't going to be able to play football again. And I probably got the best Christmas present that I'll ever receive that year. And it was a book from my brother, Chris. And he said, you know, I've been, I've been seeing this book in all these airports. He travels all around the world. He's like, I've been seeing this book everywhere. I've read this book. It blew my mind. I didn't know this was possible. You should check it out. And the book was called The 4-Hour Workweek. And I remember kind of just reading it and was like, eh. I remember reading the title. I was like, eh, it seems kind of gimmicky. I was like, I don't know. And I don't really read that much in general. I probably read maybe 20 books in my entire life from, from cover to cover. But I picked up this book. I started reading it. And again, I have one good hand. So I have like my right hand's in a cast still. And I have one good hand. So I'm kind of holding it all awkward. But I couldn't put this book down. I read it within two or three days pretty fast. And it gave me, I didn't follow everything that Tim does, but it, gave, it opened my mind to the different possibilities for building businesses online and um, <clears throat> being able to have a lifestyle that you want, that you can design, and also build a business around that lifestyle. So it, it just opened my mind to the opportunities that I could really create for myself and live the same way I wanted to live while playing professional football. Now, uh, fast forward, I guess it was three years later, um, yeah, three years later, Tim Ferriss was hosting a, a huge event for, well, actually not a big event, a small event with a big price ticket. I think it was around $10,000 a ticket for a uh, kind of a book marketing event that he had in uh, near San Francisco last year. And uh, he called it Opening the Kimono, where he, uh, he had in some of the top speakers in the world come present on how to effectively launch a book and become a number one New York Times bestseller. So he had all these really influential people, and long story short, I ended up uh, becoming one of the speakers, and so he interviewed me on stage in front of uh, you know a couple hundred people with uh, you know about my webinar marketing expertise. So it was kind of uh, an interesting moment, full circle moment where I learned everything. I kind of had this opportunity, this mindset from the book, and then he interviewed me on stage to his audience. So it was pretty cool. That's a great I've made a moment, man. That is truly phenomenal. And 
It just kind of reminds me a little bit of one of my I've made it moments, which is pretty similar because I was getting all this great content from Andrew Warner of Mixergy, who just does a great podcast. And I know that you've been on that show as well. And he's a great guy. And it was just something that I listened to and respected and just gave me this great content. And then to have him on the show a week ago was Mm. just awesome. And just to be able to talk with him and kind of connect with him as an interviewer as we both talked about hosting our own shows and the success that we've had. And it's just been a lot of fun. So I definitely have a parallel. I've made a moment to you. That's very, that's very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us, Lois. Yeah, you're welcome. So you have a lot of awesome things going on in your business right now. If you could just pick out one thing that's really exciting you, what would that be? It's probably something I haven't launched yet. I'm, uh, I'm working on a couple of different... I'm really trying to play a bigger game every single day with what I'm doing. And I'm working on a couple of different kind of show ideas, TV show ideas, and just video ideas in general, where I'm competing against some of the top athletes in the world in their own sports. I'm learning the sports, I'm training for it, and I compete against them, and I'm kind of recording, videotaping this entire process. And uh, my goal is to really uncover how the best in the world in sports become the best and what type of lessons the general population can learn from their experiences and their stories. So over the last uh, eight months, I've been been seeking out these top athletes. I've been interviewing them. I've been uh, competing against them in their own sport. And uh, I'm putting together different concepts. I'm trying to figure out the best way to get it out there, whether it be TV or just an online web show, but I've, uh, I've been working on this for a while, so I'm excited to kind of release it when, it when it's ready. That's exciting. Can you give us a sneak peek of some of the sports that are involved? I did a CrossFit workout with the world's fittest man. His name is Graham Holmberg. He's actually an old college football teammate of mine. He won the uh, CrossFit World Championships in 2010 and uh, did a, a full-on workout with him. He, he killed me, but it was <laughs> an amazing experience. And uh, the next one I did was with uh, the world's greatest athlete. His name is Brian Clay. He won the Olympic gold medal in the decathlon in 2008. So it's been fun uh, kind of working with both those guys and starting to, to start working for more guy, with more guys as well. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. That sounds <laughs> brutal, but I love it. So, Lewis, what's your vision for the future above and beyond this? What's your vision, your big abstract thought for Lewis House? It's really to play a bigger game and be in front of a, uh, a large audience. And um, I, think, I think my goal is to kind of inspire people to figure out exactly what it is they want in their life and their, their lifestyle and to just follow exactly what they think about it. For me, as a child, I just I always dreamed big. I was the youngest of four kids, and I always dreamed big. I remember being actually alone a lot growing up. My kid, my siblings were older and I was kind of like the, the young brat of the family. And I remember thinking I just had all these big dreams and uh, I always pursued them through high school, through college. Now I'm, I'm constantly pursuing my dreams and going after exactly what I envisioned for myself. No matter how big, how scary, how, how much I don't know anything about what I'm about to do, I, I find the best people in the world and I figure out how to emulate them. One of, the, my, one of my dreams was to be in the Olympics. It's one of my athletic um, kind of goals that I have not conquered yet. And so four years ago during the 2008 Olympics, I remember watching it and seeing a sport called team handball 
that I'd never seen before. And I said, this is a sport that I could kind of tackle in the United States and become great at and make the U.S. national team. But I had no clue how to play the game. There wasn't a team in Ohio. There was no pro league in the United States. So there's only club, uh, club teams. I didn't have any money, but I knew I had to find the best athletes in the country to play with. Two years later, I, I had enough money to move to New York City to play to practice with the, the national champs uh, in team handball. And uh, within a year, made the U.S. national team. Now, we didn't qualify for the Olympics, but I did whatever I could to give myself the best opportunity to making the team. And I got to play uh, for Team USA against Argentina and Chile and Mexico and, and Uruguay uh, down in Argentina for the Pan Am Championships. And I got to wear USA across my, my chest with a jersey on. So for me, I'm one step closer to achieving that dream when everyone thought I was crazy from moving to New York City just to learn a sport that no one plays. Um, so I kind of want to live my life the way that I envision it. And by doing so, by taking that much action, hopefully be able to get in front of a larger audience and inspire them through my actions as well. That's great stuff, Lewis. Now, kind of catch us up, catch Fire Nation up on the state of United States handball. I know, for instance, I lived in Guatemala for four uh-huh. months. And that country is a great country. They are so passionate about soccer, but man, they are never going to make the World Cup. It's just not going to happen right. for them. Now, is United States, are they close? I mean, was it like when you were on the team, was it a couple wins away or were you way out of the running? I mean, it's, uh, yeah, three wins away, but it's like, uh, it's, you've got to win. You've got to be the best country in the, the Pan Americas. So North and South America only take one country uh, to the Olympics. Only 12 teams in the uh, 12 countries in the world, I think, go. So wow. it's 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 tough when there's no professional league in the United States. And there's in Brazil and Argentina, they play. They have leagues growing up, developmental leagues as as kids. So they have great coaching. They have you know they play together as a nation. You know throughout the entire year, they have just an amazing developmental process to get people to where they need to be. And for us, we don't have a youth program. And uh, we practice maybe a week, a year together as a, a, a U.S. national team. It's, it's almost impossible unless we're all practicing against other countries and playing in international games consistently. It's going to be really tough for us to make it unless they somehow open it up and give two teams in the, the Pan Americas an opportunity to make the, the Olympics. Then we could have a chance in being one of the top two. Who is the top team right now? Argentina, who we lost to, they went to the Olympics. Uh, so for the Pan Ams, uh, they are the top right now. It's usually them in Brazil. Very cool. So, Lewis, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. You come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds perfect. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I don't think I was really being held back from being an entrepreneur. I think it was just figuring out how to make money originally. So for me, it was uh, people suggesting that I get a job. <clears throat> I knew I wasn't going to get a job, but I didn't know how to make money. So I was trying to, the process of figuring out how to make money on my own. What is the best business advice you ever received? To always be uh, true to yourself and have kind of a, a moral that you're always following. So not to do things um, that are going to hurt others just to make a buck. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? 
consistency. I think that's really the key to everyone's success is finding something that works for you and being very, very consistent at it on a daily basis as opposed to seeking new shiny objects and uh, going after what's hot. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Uh, I'm a big fan of just using a, a site called Hootsuite.com just to manage everything in one place via social media. Um, yeah, it's free. Hootsuite.com. Awesome. And you mentioned the Four Hour Work Week. That's a great book. We will link that up in the show notes. What's another book that you would really recommend to Fire Nation? A book that I it's not really a business book, but I feel like it's uh, an important part, important book to understand the process and the journey, which is The Alchemist. Yeah, that is a great book. I can't believe this is the hundred and eighth interview, and that is the first time it's been mentioned. <laughs> but I love that book. So, Lewis, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would do some research first via the blog sphere, if there was one, and figure out what was really happening, who the influencers were, and uh, what products they were creating. I would focus on creating uh, a digital product, and uh, with whatever it is I'm interested in at the time, depending on how I'm feeling in the new world, and uh, what, what the marketplace is talking about. If it's still social media, I'd probably create a social media product. Would it be a video training course, that I could create absolutely for free with free tools online um, using a free website and uh, maybe I'd have to pay 20 bucks for a domain or a little bit of hosting here and there. But I would use all free softwares to record the product, transcribe it myself, put a lot of the set sweat equity in to create the course, set it up through ClickBank. So it's another $50. And then um, I would connect with some of the top influencers uh, right away, whether it be in person, finding them, going out to coffee with them, asking them uh, how I can help them, and um, whether it be setting something up for free, doing whatever it may be to get to become friends with the influencers. And from there, uh, within the first week, I would try to set up my first webinar with an affiliate to promote my product because I wouldn't have an audience at the time. So I would set it up with an affiliate to promote the product live and sell a live training course um, via my social media product, whatever it may be. So maybe I wouldn't record it right away, but I would uh, present it live, sell it before I had it actually made, and then present it live and uh, kind of collect the income there. Wow, that is great actionable advice, Lewis. And you've given us awesome actionable advice this entire interview. We are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. The thing I end with every email that I send out to my list is stay passionate. I think uh, the world makes room for passionate people. And as long as you stay passionate, um, then people are going to open up for you. So stay passionate. And uh, the best place to find me is lewishouse.com. It's L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E-S.com. Say hi to me there and uh, let me know how I can help. Lewis, thank you for being so generous with your time, expertise, and experience. Fire Nation, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
Fire Nation, do you have a product or service that you would like to share with the 100,000 plus unique downloads Entrepreneur on Fire generates every month consisting of passionate entrepreneurs? Chris Brogan sponsored an episode for his book, The Impact Equation, with great results. If you would like to have 15 seconds at the top of our show to share your product or message, go to SponsorEOFire.com to find out more. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.